Your source for community, Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Hey, this is Dr. Shervin. Muskoka Magazine is brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit DairyLaneDental.com. This is Arts R Us on The Bay. Good morning and welcome to Arts R Us. I'm Noreen Mitchell. I'm in the studio this morning with my co-host Karen Cassian. And we're pleased to welcome to Arts R Us for the first time, Dr. Tim Lapp. Thanks for joining us, Tim. Good morning. Happy to be here. I, we, I mentioned doctor and people will mention, know you as that doc, as Dr. Tim, Timothy Lapp, but uh, we're here to talk more about your photography. People might not know that you're a photographer. Quite different from your day job. Yes, that's exactly right. That's part of the enjoyment of it. I use the half of my brain uh, for work, another half for photography, so it's a nice balance. That makes you very grounded. <laughs> Would your uh, wife say that? Yeah. Uh, you'll have to ask Martha. No comment. I want to ask what photography means to you. Uh, well, going back to what uh, I just said, it's a nice respite from my daily uh, work. Uh, I enjoy that very much, but um, this is another um, avenue to use my brain in different ways. I feel like I've always had a um, artistic bent. I've enjoyed art from um, a young person. Uh, I've always enjoyed the work of others, and this has been an opportunity to pursue that on my own terms, in my own way. Um, and I think the creative part of it actually does stem from medicine to a certain extent, in that um, any problem in front of you does require some um, problem solving and uh, new ideas and incorporating um, you know, modern medicine techniques into um, my own practice also requires some creativity. So there is some commonality there, but uh, for the most part, they're very different, and that's the enjoyable part. And why black and white photography, Tim? I know that's a harder answer, uh, Karen. I have always appreciated uh, black and white imaging, and I, I think it's because color photography is more representative of what's in front of you, which has a lot of value documenting uh, the world around us. Black and white demands um, that the viewer, um, you know, open their um, eyes to uh, photography as art. Clearly, the world is not seen in black and white, and therefore, as soon as you have a black and white image in front of you, um, you appreciate this is no longer simply documenting the world. This is actually trying to interpret it in another way. And I think it also enhances um, the appreciation for form, for tone, for contrast, things that color photography don't really doesn't really provide. Is it digital that you're using? Yes, I use yes. digital. Okay. Yeah, I mean, of course, it all began in black and white and film. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that's not an avenue I've ever pursued. Happily, I arrived in the age of digital photography and didn't have to worry about dark rooms. Exactly. Did you ever do any film or video? No, no, no. I never have. No, I'll leave that to my daughter Ellie. <laughs> So the black and white, I think, makes people pay attention. I think you make, uh, but when did you first pay attention? I understand it was on a trip. Uh, yes, uh, that's true. Um, the digital part of it came about um, doing a cycling trip with Chris McDonald here in town. Uh, boy, it was a long time ago, 18 years, I think, in the Dordal Valley, Martha and I, uh, the cycling trip. And Christy had um, some digital cameras, and I'd never seen one before or used one. I had just a little Olympus trip 
35 camera that my brother Steve had given me many years ago. Uh, and she said, here, try this. And of course, I, the Dordal Valley is a beautiful place. <laughs> and so the images came flooding in and she quickly gave me the larger of the two digital cameras she had and said, here, I think you would benefit from trying this. And so when I came back, I was really impressed by uh, that camera and bought my own smaller um, uh, DSLR version. And it was at the Mountain River, I think that's what you're describing, when I took that camera up on a trip in the Northwest Territories, canoe trip with Rob Whaley and his uh, buddies. I understand that was 2010. Yes. And um, the imaging, I mean, the, the pictures, the landscapes there are unspeakably beautiful. And when I came home, having witnessed all that with these pictures in my brain and on my small camera, I was terribly, terribly disappointed <laughs> that what I was bringing home resembled nothing like what my brain had seen. So I realized well, all, all my photography is like that. <laughs> well, it, that's true. And I don't think anybody's ever entirely satisfied, but I was disappointed mostly in my technique, uh, which was really non-existent at the time. And clearly the technology also um, was inferior so I worked on my technique first and then upgraded to a better camera. And I think I do a better job now trying to what capture you, what, what I see. It's see? a Nikon D610. So it's a full frame sensor, which is a much um, higher resolution than the little SLR I had to start with. But it was a great start. And, and that trip was uh, critical to uh, my evolution as a photographer because that's the first time I really felt like I was seeing... Uh, the world through the lens more than simply my own eyeballs. Do you digi digitally alter? Uh, your a little bit, yeah. I try not to do very much. Um, you know, in the old days of black and white photography, it would have been dodging and burning, you know, enhancing the contrast in various ways in the darkroom, and that's uh, available now digitally. So I do some of that, but but that's about it. Um, the cropping of the, of the composition, of course, is critical. Um, but I don't do much more than simply try and, and get the contrast the way I like it. And you like travel photography. I do, yeah. Um, that mountain river expedition really uh, was um, eye-opening for me. I, I'd never been uh, on in, in that kind of scenery with that kind of world around me. It's vast. It, it feels like a big picture. Um, and that really was impetus to go back out and, and do more photography. Uh, I've not found the same urge in other settings. I do enjoy travel photography wherever uh, I may go, but in terms of trying to capture, you know, what my eye, eye sees and, and what my heart feels, it's really more those giant landscapes, which means going to, you know, places outside of our locale here. Well, I think there's also a sense of discovery and adventure that might appeal to you. It's true. Um, I feel like I do my best work when I have a chance to focus more in a concentrated fashion. I, I don't have the urge to go up my backyard, you know, and take pictures in the same way. I, of course, I document things around me and, you know, Thanksgiving and family events and whatnot. But uh, in terms of trying to capture landscapes and, and create art, if that's the right term, um, that comes about when I have a chance to have a, a more concentrated feel for it, you know, a week at a time, ideally even more. And... Um, so that's really when I'm not working and when I'm uh, out in the world somewhere else. You were encouraged to do a, a show of your work, and it showed your vast uh, array of travels in 2018 in Partners Hall. I think that Pam Carnahan had something to do with that. Uh, yeah, that's true. <clears throat> Pam's been a huge um, uh, factor. 
up to that point, the pictures were for me and my family and my friends. <clears throat> I enjoyed making uh, calendars for family and friends. Um, my wife has had a calendar for Christmas for longer than I can remember. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, and Pam, as a friend, had seen those and said, you know, I, I think it's time for you to get out there and, and show your work. And so that's the first time it ever occurred to me that anybody else might want to look at it. And so um, when she said, you know, we have these opportunities through um, Huntsville uh, Art Society, uh, you should, you know, submit your, your work. Uh, I did so with great trepidation, but um, she was confident. and That was in 2018. Right. Yep. Yeah, that was the first one. And, uh, and I was... Escapism, right? Escapism? Yeah, it was called Mountain. Escapism. Yep. So it was a series of um, landscape photographs from mountains to rivers to um, uh, seaside shots. Yeah. And I was, I was really pleased with it. I had no idea I, I could do that. I think the audience was as well. The viewers enjoyed it. I like to think so. Yeah, I heard a lot of nice things. Um, and a lot of friends and family came to see it, which was very uh, rewarding. And now you have another show. And yes. this one is yeah, in Patagonia. Carter's Hall right now, on right now, Patagonia. Yep, it's there in the month, yep. Images uh, from the edge of the earth? Yeah, um, that title came to me as I was uh, hiking the, the uh, old circuit in Patagonia. It's a 240-kilometer trail uh, through the wilderness. And, well, the landscape is clearly familiar. Um, on the one hand, there are rivers and waterfalls and mountains and trees and snow, glaciers. On the other hand, it's completely unfamiliar. It just doesn't look like anything I've ever seen. The trees are different. The mountains are different. Um, and so it really feels like you are somewhere that you have never been before. It could be Mars. It could be the edge of the earth. And it felt to me like there was going to be a dinosaur coming around the corner at any moment. It just had that, you know, really unusual feel about it. Um, so as I did that trek and took my camera with me and tried to capture what I saw. Um, it you felt to me like... You satisfied with your photographs. Yeah, I'm satisfied with a number of them. I um, uh, I have some regrets about even the ones that are in there, but, um, you know, I guess that's the nature of mm -hmm. taking pictures. I think this is a good moment. We're going to come back and talk with Dr. Tim Lapp, the photographer, in just a moment. We'll be right back on Arts for Us. By Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7. I'm Dr. Shervin from Dairy Lane Dental, and you're listening to Muskoka Magazine. This is Arts R Us on The Bay. We're back on Arts R Us. I'm Noreen Mitchell with Karen Cassian, and we're here with Tim Lapp. And he was talking about his current exhibition in Partners Hall, which is called Patagonia Images from the Edge of the Earth. So this is the edge of the earth. What's the O Circuit? Uh, the O Circuit is a renowned hiking trail in Patagonia, so southern Chile. Um, it um, runs through a national park called Torres del Pane. It's quite popular. Is Patagonia cover more than just Chile? Because yes. I thought of Patagonia as Argentina. Correct. It's, oh. uh, it's a region that covers both countries. Uh, the O Circuit happens to be in Chile. Yeah, so it's quite popular. You have to apply years in advance to get a pass into it. Rob Whaley and I did that trip uh, just before the pandemic broke out in February 2020. And um, the O was a counterclockwise circuit um, through the mountains and uh, back down to where you started. There is a second circuit at the bottom of the O, so to speak, which is much more accessible. They call that the W circuit, and uh, it's a shorter trail with um, not quite the same demands on it, but equally beautiful. It's about 130 kilometers? Is that right? Yep. Yep. And would you stay? What would you stay in? So we went through a, a company that books um, the sites for you. You have to stay in certain sites. It's not like a Gonquin Park. We have multiple sites. 
there were refugios uh, or dorms essentially that oh, yeah. um, we had booked and there's also campsites attached to each refugio so uh, you can uh, hike in yourself with tents and food and cooking equipment uh, or you can book um, through the refugio so as a pair of old guys we did the the uh, I would too. the gourmet version and and uh, stayed in the dorms. And how many kilometers or miles would you do a day? The most was fifty two, I think. Uh, that was up and over what's called the John Gardner Pass. That's um, uh, the highest we went, which was about four thousand feet above sea level, and about a kilometer climb for us that day. So that was a long day, but it was very rewarding. At the end of it, you get to hike the rest of your day. It's alongside a beautiful glacier. So Did they it was bring along oxygen? I know I climbed Machu Picchu and they had oxygen no, cylinders. No, no, nothing like that. No. Um, it's not that high above sea level. Um, a little bit short of breath and the, the wind and sleet and snow made it a bit more challenging, but it was all uh, all for the good because at the end of it, you get um, to sit the gray um, refugio on a deck with a frosty mug of beer. So it made the day uh, very rewarding in the end. Very nice. Well, you have very evocative images. I urge people to go to Partners Hall and see them, and the sense of uh, discovery and, you know, wildness as well that it comes from your images is really appealing. I felt like I went on a trip when I walk in there. I really enjoy it. What do you hope to convey to the viewer? I think anybody that likes landscape photography probably is attempting to do the same thing, which is... Um, allow the viewer to experience what we experienced um, in front of these, in this case, mountains, rivers, waterfalls, towers, with, I think, the hope to appreciate uh, our Earth more than they might have simply walking down the street. Reminder that um, this needs to be protected. It's not there uh, without our help. And so if I can even give a little nudge in that direction, uh, like all the people that came before me that, that you know enjoy doing landscape photography. I'd be grateful, um, and I think I think some of the images do that. I'm glad to hear you say that you felt that way. That is the goal. Do you have favorite photographers that you would follow or try to emulate? Or I I think any. I'll use the word artist, although it feels a bit pretentious to me. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm there yet, but. Um, as I understand it, whether it's sculpting, music, you know, um, painting, we're influenced by by those we like around us, and the first step is to emulate those that we uh, admire, and then gradually you begin to evolve your own form of art, whether that's your own style of music or your own sculpting technique, etc. And I, I think that's true for me as well. I don't think there's a landscape photographer alive, especially those that like black and white, that you know. Uh, didn't um, follow the work of Ansel Adams. Certainly he's been a huge influence on my work. I was lucky enough to do a, a, a photography um, clinic, if you will, um, in Yosemite with one of his disciples, Alan Ross. Alan was his uh, first assistant. Place, yeah? yeah, it was. Um, so for five days, I got a chance to hang out with Alan Ross and some other people and and How pick his brain. Photographers like Rob I have seen Rob's work. I don't know yeah. Rob. Um, and um, there are a few local photographers. Yeah, someday as I retire from one job and perhaps do more of this, I'd love to be uh, a wider part of the photography community around here. But to date, I'm uh, in a silo. Tell us about your next project. Well, um, I think referring to the trip to Portugal. Yes, so yes, uh, in less than a week, I'm off to do uh, um, a cycling trip in the Algarve with my wife Martha. And um, my camera will be coming with me. I'm not yet quite sure how to do that on a bicycle, but I'll figure it out. I was wondering about <laughs> yeah, I, you have to have a few stops. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> um, 
So uh, I'll sort that out on the bike as I go. And uh, I have not been there before, but I do know the scenery is spectacular. So I'm looking forward to trying to capture some of that. And in terms of our wilderness trips, um, I count on my friend and colleague Rob Whaley to his group to help guide me. So we've talked about going to... Um, he's uh, the great organizer, I Yes, he is. Yeah. yeah, he's called the boss for a reason. Um, maybe Labrador. Uh, I'd like to go to Antarctica. Uh, we plan to go back up to the Yukon, to the uh, uh, Canadian Northern Rivers, perhaps the Wind River. Um, so um, I'll leave it to Rob to figure out uh, where my next trip will go. So many places, so little time. Correct. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. When you come home, do you have a studio or someplace that you work and store your images? And No, I don't. And I wish I did. And again, going back to uh, someday when I have more time, I love myself more time with this. Um, I'll try and have some ideas in, in my home where that might take place. But um, right now, that would mean getting Ellie out of her bedroom. So I, I'm going to have to <laughs> wait <laughs> for a bit. No, she's in Toronto now working, okay. but uh, her bed's still in there and it's yes. still home for her. So yeah. uh, at some point, I'd like to have uh, more... Um, conducive creative space yeah that'd be nice so if you have a shooting day or you plan a shooting day is it weather-based is that how how long would you spend typically in a a day that you're so there's two answers one is um on these on these trips um with others i try not to to let taking pictures interfere with the experience i mean other people are not taking cameras like i am they don't see what I see or worry about it. This is supposed to be um, an experience. And so I'm very conscious of not trying to, you know, spend time with my camera getting things just right. On the other hand, if I do have that time, boy, you can spend an hour, you know, or two or a morning beside a stream trying to get things right. The The weather changes. You start seeing new things. Uh, for example, that um, in Yosemite, we would spend half a day around a single site. And, and it was easy to do that and try and find new perspectives and compositions. So uh, I don't have that option very often, but when given the opportunity, it could easily be several hours. And you do do some photography nearby in Muskoka? I do. Yeah, around, I live out uh, near Guasiosa, so there's lots of uh, beautiful scenery out there, the lakes and our trails and stuff. Um, Much in Algonquin Park? I haven't. I mean, I've been, I used to canoe there as a child a great deal and then have done so with the family a little bit. we went on a hike with friends on Centennial Ridge and took my camera up there. I uh, enjoyed that very much. Um, it doesn't have the same uh, appeal to me as, uh, maybe I can't say this out loud, places. as the more foreign places and the bigger places, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, which is not to say that beautiful pictures can't be taken. I mean, look at the work around here. I think of Jenny Kirkpatrick and all her mm-hmm, wonderful yes. images. So uh, I'm well aware that um, this is inspiring scenery. It's just you different than what I've done. No, I never have. No. My neighbor, Lexi Clark, thinks I should do more pictures of people. She, th- she likes ones I've taken at Christmas, but that's not something I've pursued yet. I do know that often people with interest in photography will migrate for sort of one discipline to another over the course of a career, so I would not rule that out. But for the time being, I'm still trying to you know, get better at what I do. It seems to me that you take great care with everything you do, and, and particularly in terms of presentation. You have had all the photographs that are hanging on the wall. hanging on the wall right now in Partners Hall, um, they're framed professionally. And yes. So it, the presentation is amazing, just beautiful. Have you always been that way? Is that part of your nature? Or did you see another exhibition you thought that you, oh, that is what you want to do? Uh, when Pam first asked me to submit photographs, I realized that they would need uh, to be in a more professional presentation. So um 
she had a framer she liked down near Aurelia, a lovely woman that framed my original pictures. And I felt strongly that uh, the images, when hung on a wall with a mat and some glass and a black frame, were very, very different than what I was looking at in my my uh, computer. And I liked that look. And so um, I knew that when I was going to do a second exhibition that um, it was going to come with, with um, full frames and and uh, I'm matting and Matt Coles here in town did an amazing job. I'm so grateful mm-hmm. to him. They look spectacular. They Thank really you. do. Um, what would be the benefit of having shown your works in association with the art society, for example? Well, one is the the uh, marketing, so to speak, that people know that it's hanging there and um, will have an opportunity to go and get it. I appreciate the encouragement from all my uh, colleagues at the HES. I've heard from many of them about the um, show and I also really enjoy the notices about the other shows taking place and trying to make an effort every month to go and see what's in there because I find it all very inspiring and there's amazing people here it's just it kind of the, blows the my mind. The newsletter is great eh, for keeping people yeah, in touch yeah, with what's happening exactly. in the art world. I encourage anybody out there that doesn't get the HES newsletter to make sure it's on their inbox. Yeah you don't have to be a member just uh, you can well, it up. Well mm-hmm. uh, and, and the, the work in there is astonishing. Let's just tell people the name again and how long it's on for. It's called Patagonia, Images from the Edge of the Earth, and it's there for the month of October. Um, it will be taken down, I believe, Monday, October 31st. So if you're out there listening and have not seen it, I'd welcome uh, your viewing and your opinion. Do you have a website? Uh, I don't. You sh- no. You should get uh, a website. I know. Uh, Ellie keeps <laughs> telling me that. Time. Yeah. So that's <laughs> yeah. right. Upon retirement, I'll have my own website. My own images. But you can find my, my images on the uh, HS um, a website under the uh, photography artists. artists. Yep. Yeah, there, there's a bunch there. That's great. Well, thanks very much, Tim, for coming in. And I know you have to rush off to another job. I do. Is yeah. it a clinic today? I do. Yeah, back to work. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for having me. Well, Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for coming in. Well, Karen, let's just have a chat now about the other things that are happening. Okay. Let me let me talk about a few of the performing arts things that are happening in town. Um, there's a, a wonderful thing coming up called the Halloween Bash, and that's um, a collaboration between the BIA and the Huntsville Festival of the Arts. And it's obviously on Halloween night. There's no, it's Saturday 20, the 29th. Oh, the 29th. Pardon that's me. Um, and there's going to be a witch's dance, and there's going to be a drone show. Um and, and lots of other things, family-oriented things. things. So it starts at 5. Uh, the witches' dances are 5.30 and 6.15. So come on down. And the drone shows at 7. It's going to be very exciting. It's a family event. Um, also, the festival has their fall lineup, lineup out. And there's some really exciting things happening there. On October 26th at the Algonquin Theatre, there's the All Abilities Dance Crew. November 19th out at Deerhurst, Serena Ryder is coming. Uh, November 26th at the Algonquin Theatre, is, uh, there's two shows of the Nutcracker. Um, Blackie and the Rodeo Kings is coming December 1st. Uh, Matt Dust sings Sinatra December 2nd. So so there's lots happening. Go on their, their site, huntsvillefestival.ca, to check that out. And this is interesting. Dot the T Productions is back, and they have something called Script Tees, November 5th, 6th, 12th, and 13th. And that's out at... Um, Jan Jacklin's place on Limberlost Road from 1 to 4, and is a series of afternoons reading stage scripts by the fireside. So check that out at dot the t at yahoo.com. And how about you, Noreen? Well, in addition to the show that's on in Partners Hall right now, Patagonia, that we spoke about with Tim Lapp, 
Um, the Huntsville Art Society is also has a featured artist, uh, uh, Christina McBean, who's actually one of the board members, and her woodblocks, prints, and uh, lithographs are on show now in the Huntsville Public Library. Again, with the Huntsville Art Society, Brenda Turner is currently at Algonquin Grace Hospice. So I don't know who's coming up in November, but we'll find out soon. And last week's guest that we had on Arts R Us was Kim Kitchen. And I just want to remind people that there's one week left in North Bay, if anyone's on a little trip up there, in the WKP Kennedy Gallery. And her show, it's, her show is called To Reconvene to Shoreline. And Muskoka Arts and Crafts and Chapel Gallery has an exhibition beginning on October 28th that will run to November 19th, and it's called Behind the Iron Forest. And I don't know much about that, but I just know it'll probably be interesting just mm -hmm. with that title. And coming up, too, is the MAC 2022 Arts and Crafts Holiday Market at the Royal Canadian Legion, and that's the weekend of Friday, November 25th to Sunday the 27th. So look at MAC's website. And there's something I would like to shout out for people, the arts people. In their Artist Speaker Series, Mac presents um, the Jenna Hemstra, Hemstra, I guess it is, and she is the Executive Director of Craft Ontario. And her, she will be speaking, and this is a free event that happens at 7 o'clock on November the 1st. And, and she has a lot to tell people about funding and about the craft uh, organizations in Ontario. So I think that's worth looking into. And MuskokaArtsAndCrafts.com is just a good website to check anytime. At the Algonquin Room Gallery at the Visitor Centre, the mystery of the park is it towards its end of its show as well. And those are the Algonquin-related works of the East Central Ontario Art Association. And a portion of each sale is dedicated to the Friends of Algonquin Park. So that's, I think, about all I have now. I just want to mention NASA once again. If you're going north to North Bay, stop in South River at NASA, New Adventures in Sound Art, nasa.ca. I think that's it for today. There's only one Hunter's Bay Radio. We, we are Muskoka. Muskoka.